Hi everyone. Today I want to talk about another topic that's almost often spoken about or talked about in many messages. I want to talk about vision. Vision, right? My glasses. A vision is defined as the ability to think about or plan the future with some sort of imagination or wisdom. You know, when I was five years old, I look up to my dad because he was my hero. He was everything I had. He was an amazing dad, by the way. He was not just my hero. He was actually like God to me because he was my protector, my provider, and often he's my friend. But when I was 11, I began to see flaws and shortcomings. I realized he wasn't perfect. And the age of 14, there are some instances where I felt like I was better than him in regards to many things, you know, like sports and computers and games. And then as I grew older, he was still my hero, but no longer the perfect dad or God I used to look up to. And then when I hit 19, I was already better than him in almost everything. I felt like I was wiser. I felt like I was stronger and sometimes even smarter than him. And I began resenting him. I even despised him for the wrong things he was doing. And slowly but surely, you know, the hero Im image that he possessed, well, he no longer was my hero. At times, he was even a hindrance for things I wanted to do and the things I liked. These were the period in time when I even didn't want him to be around me. There were hurts that built up along the way. There are things that were said and things that were done. And at a certain point, I really resented him. I didn't even trust him at a certain point. Not until I started going to work. You know, when I started working, I realized, man, work isn't easy. Making living wasn't easy. It was waking up early day, day in and day out. And now there was bills to pay. I had to pay rent. There, in short, there were more responsibilities. There are more things I have to do, which I hate doing, but I realized I had to do in order to survive. Again, this made me appreciate my dad a little bit again. I realized how much he worked for the family and provided for the family. Then I planned to get married. I asked for his advice, and I realized at that point that he had some wisdom. And when I finally got married, my respect for my dad grew a little bit more again. And I realized it wasn't easy getting married. Now, I even realized I was selfish in many, in many things I was doing. But it wasn't until I had children. How many of you know that when you have children, life changes, right? So I had children and I realized, huh, my dad wasn't that bad after all. My dad actually was kind of amazing with everything he had to juggle, work, family, marriage, kids, education, education. You know, I realized, man, he was amazing. Life wasn't as easy as I thought it would be. And then as my children grew older, <laughs> how many of you, you have growing kids, you know, they become teenagers, you know, to be honest with you, I went to my dad for advice. I went to my dad for wisdom. As years went by and as I grew older, my dad was becoming to be my example again. You know, to, to be honest, I realized he was a lot wiser, a lot 
diligent, a lot patient, a lot loving than I thought I was. He was my hero again. Well, my dad passed away 11 years ago. And as I look back, I realize how blessed I am to have my dad. I love you, dad. Up in there in heaven. Everything I am today is mostly because of my dad. Today, I tell people around the world that my dad was and is my hero. I'm saying all of these to say that for those who are young, even if you still don't know what directions you're going to take, even if you don't have a vision, God will direct you just as he used my father, my dad, to direct me. And in the future, as you grow older, God's going to give you a vision. You don't have to strive. Just at this point, if you're young, just follow your parents' leading and God's leading. Eventually, God's vision for your life will become clearer and clearer. I have several points I'd like to say about vision. You know, vision actually gives you direction. Vision makes you do things you don't want to do and avoid the things you don't want to do and do the things you have to do. There's a verse in the Bible, I love this verse, where it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Perish, literally die. If you don't have a vision, it's either you die a death or you slowly die. Okay? Another version, uh, the King James Version says that, he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And in another version, there's a, it says, when there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraints. But blessed is he who keeps the law. What are restraints? Restraints are actually boundaries. When there's no vision, there's no boundaries, right? You can just do whatever you want because you don't have any direction anyway. You don't know where you're going. So why have boundaries? Why have, you know, why just, you know, just do what you want to do. People cast off restraints when there is no vision. It's important to understand that. In another version, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. See, knowing your life vision allows you to set certain boundaries in your life. You also set certain expectations for success. When you want to know, when you know what you want to accomplish in life, you'll know if you're getting closer to meeting your own personal expectations for success. Vision is very important because it speaks about the future and gives you hope. And hope, what is faith, that's what faith is all about, right? It is believing in something you hope for, something you haven't even seen happen in the physical yet, but you know in your heart that this is your destiny, your purpose, your calling. Vision gives you life, something that makes you look forward to the future. It makes life exciting. You wake up each morning, you're provoked, you're compelled, you're even enthusiastic. It's like a, an adrenaline rush. Expectations or good expectations that is so real, you can taste it, you can't wait for the sun to come out. Folks, there's a vision for yourself. It is important that you have a vision for yourself. I have a vision for myself. You know, I have grandchildren right now, and I want to, to be honest, I want to play basketball with them, play sports with them. That's why I take care of my body. The reason I have boundaries and restraints, there are food that, you know, I try to avoid. 
And there are things I don't do. I try to sleep early because I want to be physically healthy. I take my vitamins, not just for myself, but even for my children and their children's children. Because I have a vision for myself. I have things that God's telling me to do for myself. I also have a vision for my wife. I love my wife. We've been married. We're going to be 33 years next week. And I love her. She's my friend and amazing life with her. I can't live a day without her. She's like air. She's like oxygen to me. <laughs> She's very important in my life. You know, my vision for my life is that our relationship will grow deeper and deeper. You know, I saw a picture. I used to have a frame in my bedroom. It says, happiness is being married to your best friend. And that's my vision for my wife, that we will become the best of friends. I also have vision for my children and the people around me. I also have some vision for mankind. I want to be a, I don't want to be a liability on earth. I want to be a contributor of good things here on earth. So because of vision, it propels you to be beyond your, you know, to do things that you're not supposed, you have to do. It propels me, drives me. I wake up every day with hope. Okay. It propels you beyond your lifetime even. Because some vision goes even further than your life here on earth. It surpasses your time on earth and pass on to the next generation. I realize God thinks generationally. You know what's happening to me? We're so concerned as human beings. We're so concerned of the day-to-day -day and, the, and the weeks and the months. But God just is not just thinking of me. He's thinking of generations. His vision is for a thousand years. Things happen in our lives that goes beyond eternity. Vision is like a theophany. What's a theophany? It's a like an appearance of God. When God appears, it's an intense manifestation of the presence of God that is accompanied by an extraordinary visual display. You see something and you know this is God. It's a manifestation of deity in sensible form. A vision from above that's manifested in the physical. So what's your vision for yourself? What's your vision for your marriage? What's your vision for your children and your children's children? My second point, not all vision is from God. Not everything we want or desire is from God. There's so many things I wanted in my life that didn't happen. Or sometimes, you know, I, I get worried and all of this because Things sometimes don't go our way because not all vision or things that you see is from God. Some visions are wishful thinking and are very humanistic. Some are just imagined, provoked, and inspired by our human wants and desires. Some visions are not from God. Some plans that we have do not come into fruition because it is contrary to God's plan and purpose. You know, I remember an example uh, years ago, if you remember Pat Robertson. Okay, he's an American media mogul, religious broadcaster, political commentator. He was a former presidential candidate and former minister. Think about that. Robertson advocates a conservative Christian ideology and is known for his past activities in the Republican Party politics. He's associated with the charismatic movement. He serves as the chairman of the Christian Broadcasting Network and the famous 700 Club, for those who remember. Robertson's own account, he originally set out to be a businessman. He graduated near top of his class at Yale 
but later failed the New York bar exam. That's that ever happened to you? You target for something and you failed, which he described as a minor setback since he never planned to practice law anyway. And he also had a career with a major corporation in Wall Street. He became a Christian while having dinner at the restaurant in Philadelphia with an author and a World War II veteran, um, Cornelius Vanderbregen. After his conversion, Robertson left the corporate world and went into ministry. This is the story I'd like to say. Pat Robertson ran for office as the president of the United States because he believed God wanted him to run. He had a vision from God saying, you know, Lord, I'm, I'll be the next president of the United States. It's a good vision. He's qualified to run. And he did. He ran. And you know the story. Unfortunately or fortunately, he didn't win. He lost. He asked God, God, why did you make me run only to lose? Why? If you were with me, why did you make me lose? And God said, son, I wanted you to run, but I also wanted you not to win. I remember that story and I realized why. You know, because he lost and he almost won by a hairline. It encouraged the entire United States, all the Christians in the United States to run for office because they know that if we run, there might be a chance. We're so close. And that was just the purpose of God for his life. But he continued on in ministry and he was very successful. But today, senators and congressmen and different, you know, positions in government are now Christian people after he did what he did. I remember another story of a man who never gave up on God's plan for his life. His name is Abraham Lincoln. Okay. He was born in poverty. He had to face defeat throughout his life. If you look at his life, it's a life of failure, at least and the world sees that. He lost so many elections. He failed in businesses. He suffered a nervous breakdown and was bedridden for six months. He could have quit many times, but he didn't quit and became one of the greatest presidents in the United States. That's, I'll just give you a rundown sketch of his rough road. His mother died. His family was forced out of their home. Probably some of you experienced that. And he had to work to support them. In 1832, he ran for state of legislature and lost. Again, the same year, okay, he lost his job. He wanted to go to law school but couldn't get it. He borrowed some money from a friend to begin a business. He was bankrupt. Hmm. God, if you're with me, why do I go bankrupt? He spent the next 17 years of his life paying off his debt. Hmm. Wow, sounds familiar to some. In 1833, his business failed. Again, he ran for state legislature again. He won, by the way, in 1834. And in the following year, was engaged to be married. The sweetheart died. And his, he was heartbroken. A few years later, he had a total breakdown and was in bed for six months. He sought to become Speaker of the State Legislature in 1838, and he was defeated. He ran for Congress. How many years is that? Like five years later, he lost. Three years again, he ran for Congress again. Well, this time he won. Okay. In 1848, he ran for election in Congress and he lost again. 
He sought the job of land officer in his home estate. He was rejected. Ah, what a life, right? And then finally, he ran for Senate of the United States in 1854 and lost again. <laughs> this is funny. He didn't give up. He ran for vice presidential nomination at his party's national convention. Guess what? He got only 100 votes. He lost. He ran for U.S. Senate again. He lost again. In 1860, folks, listen, in 1860, he was elected president of the United States and one of the most brilliant president that the U.S. had. He said this, the part was worn and slippery. My foot slipped from under me, knocking the other out of the way. But I recovered and said to myself, it's a slip, it's not a fall, and it's not failure. Sometimes, in order to succeed, God allows failures. And I believe he became great because of his failures. After losing that Senate race, some, some people use failure as an excuse to give up, to become bitter or cynical. Other people look at failure as an opportunity to revisit past decisions and to devise new strategies by Catherine Pulsifer. My third point, when it's a vision from God, it will certainly come and it will not delay. Sometimes our timing, sometimes we just go ahead of God. You know, I had plans many, many years and God will not allow it. But when it's the proper time, it will happen. How do you know if that vision is from God? Well, few pointers. A vision from God is conditional okay god sets you a vision but the vision is conditional if you're doing according to god if you're not putting yourself outside of his blessing and you just keep doing what you need to do it's conditional my next point is the vision from god is designed to advance his kingdom all vision that is from god is not designed to advance our kingdom, but his kingdom. He allows things to happen for a reason, but the real reason is designed to advance his kingdom. My other point is a vision from God is bigger than yourself. If you have a tiny vision, it may not be from God because vision from God is so big that you can't do it on your own. The vision from God cannot be achieved apart from God. That's my last point. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. I like to say this, folks. Some of you don't have a vision yet. It's fine. Some of you maybe you need to write on the vision of the, another person. For example, some of you join the company and you believe in the vision and mission of the company. That's, that's amazing. But some of you, God already gave you a clear direction and you know what to do. Some of them are even little things that God wants you to do. To be faithful in the little things. To be faithful to your health, to your family, to your relationships, to your spiritual walk, to your, in your finances. Be faithful and eventually your vision will come to fruition. You know, you go to heaven one day. And I just want to hear those words from God. Well done, good and faithful servant. 
All I want to know, know is when I get there, I was able, able to achieve my vision. Very important. And that's my prayer for you today, that you will be sensitive to the vision that God has for you.